I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Peter. Joining us by Donny. How are you, Donny? I'm fine, Peter. Okay, how are you? Not bad, pal. Not bad at all. And this week we've also got a couple of special guests. We've got the lads from the Scottish Fantasy Football Community. We've got Thomas and Harry. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing you first, all right. Thomas. Bye. <laughs> 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 Thomas, how are yeah, you doing first? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, game week's going. Eh. But we can talk about that in a bit. Yeah, yeah, shortly. How are you doing, Harry? Yeah, good, thanks. Really excited to be on. It's, I don't know, it feels like a bit overdue. It's been a while since sort of the podcast linked up and, yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent. Yeah, I'm feel, I feel like a little child on Christmas. Got a bit of a butterfly. Yeah. Right, good, good, good stuff. Right, first I'll do a bit of housekeeping first. Uh, I'd like to tell people, well, nationwide anyway, Donnie has joined the podcast full time now. Donnie. Congratulations. How do you feel about Thank that? Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's so chuffed. Good, good, really good. enjoy it, so it's good to be a part. People who have listened before have noticed that like, Gunnar has not been very apart recently, but he's he basically can't commit anymore full-time. And Donny had been filling in quite often, asking quite a few to do a podcast, and me and Tom were spoke and said that he's been a really good help to the team. He's been excellent. His insights, his excellence is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. I feel like I'm beautiful. But last week came out with this Donny deep dive and I had to cinch it for his with that player profile. So Donny is now part of the team full time. Uh, so it's great. Peter, Tom, and Donny. Gunnar might still guess later on, but he can't commit anymore. So that's pretty much it. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope he still contributes on Twitter because I thought, like, yeah, we said this in the DMs. Gunnar does have a real eye for it. And he, I remember he picked out right the season players like Obelai and Ramsey and sure. According to Donnie's deep dive, Ramsey as a fancy asset did fall off a cliff, but he was very strong in those opening five game weeks. And Obelai has really come to the fore recently as a, as a budget midfield defender. So hopefully he continues to contribute. I think he will, but he just can't do it full time anymore. And he can't make, he can't commit week to week. So it just as what is. Life goes on, as they say in Jurassic Park. So, you two guys, I'll start with you first. How do you about doing the podcast and where did it come from? Did you play last season? I'll start with you, Harry. So, yes, I played last season, but not like I was making my transfers every week and stuff like that, but not really, you know, thinking about strategy and, you know, being too yeah, careful with my picks and stuff. And I, I took a lot of hits. And in hindsight, that's something I really changed up this season. Um, 
we just thought I was quite engaged with FPL last year and the content there, and I thought I saw it's the correct time. We saw like not a gap in the market. It was kind of difficult for those who maybe wanted to play fantasy football Scotland to get involved because unless you're in, like even even for folk to support support the old firm, probably couldn't name your Livingston back four. But that's where some of the picks are going to be. So we thought we would try and bridge the gap between like sort of newbies to the Scottish game, making it a bit easier easier for them to play. And yeah, sort of did a few episodes before the season started and then just kept it rolling since. Okay. What about yourself, Thomas? Your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I played it last season. I was probably a little bit more serious than Harry. I don't really play the English version. I, I'm going to sound a bit cliched, but I genuinely don't really care for any English football. But I sort of had a basic knowledge of what was of like Scottish football and like I just felt the more that I played the Scottish version, the more I sort of got involved with Scottish football and you realise just sort of how sort of weird and wonderful it is. And like you sort of find these like weird niches, like this season, one of the referees in the Aberdeen game forgot his cards. It's like, that just doesn't happen in English football. So yeah, that's sort of how I got involved in this. And like, I took it a bit more seriously. I think I did end up beating Harry at it last season. Um, Not doing so well this year, but Yeah. And then with the podcasting, I just sort of thought I have like a sort of decent knowledge of sort of current Scottish football affairs. And so that's sort of translated into doing the podcast and do as I say, not as I do. I, I feel like I do give relatively solid advice. It's just I don't follow my own advice. Yeah, I, I think we can all echo that. So yeah. that <laughs> do you find it quite addictive? I'll start with you, Thomas, because I, I found it when I started doing it. I, quite look forward to the report every week when you start getting a rapport with your your co-hosts and doing it and giving the feedback you think quite addicted to doing the podcast week to week oh, I really do enjoy it I like it is a sort of it's a at the moment it's a wee niche community and like you sort of see the sort of same people pop up here and there but I I, I just can't wait till the next game and saying that me and Harry have been a bit burnt out <laughs> from the huge number of double game weeks over like us since uh, since the start of the new year, um, and then even in like the breaks, we'll still record a podcast or two. And then pre the start of the season, we had we uploaded four podcasts. And then yeah, it's getting tiring, but it's nice having a two week break or however long this international break is. Will you have a same question with the addictiveness state, and do you enjoy doing it? Yeah, I love playing in fantasy football Scotland. I don't know if it's easier to like be addicted to it because I'm competitive and Thomas is competitive and we're brothers. So we actually have a wee mini league, just me and him, um, winner, winner, <laughs> gets dinner. Um, so Mostly whoever, you can get to. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, so whoever is top of that, the other person buys them dinner. Uh, last season I bought Thomas dinner. At the moment it's looking like Thomas is buying me my Domino's pizza, but we'll see. But it's completely addicting. I have, you know, I'm spending all my time at work thinking about my transfers, looking at my options, going through the picture ticker. Uh, and then I have the open all, my, open all mics on, on every weekend. That's my probably favourite part of the week. And then, yeah, I always look forward, like, love doing the preparation for the podcast and stuff. And then really enjoy recording. And it's a good community to be part of as well. A lot of fairly, you know, you know, pretty knowledgeable people. Um just hoping that hopefully next season a few more come out of the woodwork, I guess. Uh, a few more folk who are considering producing fantasy football Scotland content, but haven't do so next year. Yeah, I've got sort of second Harry there with the listening to the open all mics. Like, 
had I not been playing fantasy football Scotland, there's absolutely no way I'd be celebrating a Reagan Charles Cook goal. But yeah, it's just like stuff that you'd sort of never expect to happen. Just like you're absolutely loving it. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of it's funny that way. I mean, it's like I've seen Donny before. Like I don't want to just I don't want to just to win, right? But if he does drop two 0 and I hope it's staff and you that's doing the, the goals and assisting. It's like you're just yeah. hoping, well, it's, if they're turning up, they're one. Hope the next goal's either whoever I've got my team. I'd better keep back clean sheet. It's just the way the, it rolls and it's, it's quite funny. What's your thoughts, Dory? Do you listen to the podcast, Harry and Tom's podcast? I do, yeah. I think the, the stuff they do on XP and that is, is good. It's, it's useful. It kind of gives you um, a good idea of trends and things like that. So, yeah, no, I really enjoy it. Um, as a casual player last year, it was just nice to get into a game where you kind of knew the teams, you knew the players. It wasn't like FPL where there's so much to choose from. So I enjoyed it, played with my friends. And as I say, this year, listened to the podcasts um, and obviously through the, the cup at the start of the season, I got my break and being involved in the podcast. I really enjoy it. As, as the boys have all said, the community and the names that you see over and over again, we all want to do well. We all kind of give our our hints and tips and suggestions, and um, it's really enjoyable. Good. Right, I think that's enough uh, backpacking for those all here. We've done well. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on. So first of all, I'd like to say, like I said every week, the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast Up is opened. I'm shutting it at the end of the national break. So seed off pod. We've only had six people taking part so far on 28. I think that's just the natural order of things. People will start playing the game at the start of the season. People drop off. It's open. People haven't DM me because I think it's shut. It is not. It's still open, but when I will shut it, it is shut. And I'll let you know on Twitter when it's game over that. If I think it's 64 with an even number, brilliant. If not, so be it. I can jiggery-pokery or gerrymander it so I can work out the perfect draw and I'll work. Don't worry, I've done this before. As Guru used to say, Peter loves a cup, so I will work on it. That's perfect draw. Right, so the game week isn't finished. Fair enough, but I want to go through our scores so far a game week, our ranks so far a game week, and if any double oh, game players still to play. So start with you, Donny. What's your score so far for game week? What's your rank as it stands? And do you have any players still to go? Yeah, no problem. So I'm sitting on 42 points. I've got a minus four in there from a transfer, so I'm currently on 38. Um, so it was Gordon and goals for nil, Carter Vickers for two, Captain Taff for 10, Goldson for six, Doys for five, Charles Cook three, Jota eight, Abada one, Morelos vice-captain two, Van Veen five. Um, so I've got one space there and it would either be Ferguson, who got me one point, it won't be Anderson because he got nothing, and I've got Ronan uh, still to play. So hopefully he, he bags um, and gets me up there. So 38 plus maybe a couple more. Global score is 1766 and global rank is 66, which has stayed the same. So I've managed to stop the rot. Okay. Same with you, Thomas. Uh, so back line is pretty similar, not the same. Gordon's got me a big fat goose egg on none. Bassi for six, Taff for five. Doig for six. Uh, Juranovic is on the pitch but hasn't played. I've got my vice captain on Shaughnessy, who's still to play his second game against Dundee. So hopefully he gets a clean sheet. Then he's picked up two points from his game so far. Then I've got Charles Cook on three, Jota on eight, my bench trick player, Abada, and then Captain Morelos got me a total of four points. 
So I'll be getting Boyce off the bench for seven points. And if I've got Grieve and Ferguson both on one, if Grieve plays, he'll come off for at least two points. Meaning that overall, I currently have 35 with my points yet to come off the bench. Current rank is a little red arrow down to 399. Uh, but yeah, still kind of optimistic about the week so far. I've still got a few chips up my sleeve that could still hopefully turn out good. So not fretting too much at this point. Okay, same with you, Harry. Yeah, so I'm on a fairly lowly 34 points at the moment. Um, zero for Gordon, Basti with six, Captain Taff for 10, Tanzer two, Juranovic didn't play, um, so he's on zero. I think we almost all have about the same midfield, a very similar midfield. Charles Cook, three, Yota, eight, Abada, one, and then I've got Goss in there on two. I've got my bench trick player, so obviously he's on zero, vice-captain Morales on two. So with McLeod not playing, my, my bench trick player, and uh, Juranovic not playing, I should be getting Boyce's seven points and Doig six points off the bench. Um, and if my maths is correct, that takes me to 47 points with Tanzer still to play one game. Meaning at the moment I'm down from 35 to 40, but I have a feeling it would be that would be the case coming into the game. We can auto sub so implemented. I think you're going back up. Yep. Right. Yeah. I'm at 37 points. I had Gordon for nothing in back. I've Captain Tavernier 10, Doig 6, Golden 6, Charles Cook 3, Jota 8, O'Reilly nothing because he got booked, Abada 1, Strachan, base trip player 0, Morelos 2, vice captain, and Grieve 1, who's still to play. With a nice little Gordon on the bench for nine points, he'll be coming off for striking, so that should take me to 46 points. And if Greve plays, even plays for two, 48 points, hopefully. My rank is 173, but I went through the league like a pathetic weirdo to check. And I believe if Greve plays the Gordon on the bench, I should get my first green arrow in four weeks, taking up to about 140, So quite happy with that. And then we back up again. So I'm not going to go to the league this week because it's not finished yet. There's really no point. What I will do was we'll go to the results. We'll talk through them one at a time. So I'm going to load this up. Also, this is when the computer will go slow. And there we go. Right. Results. So we'll go through the results one at a time. Just wanted anything you want to say on the game, I'll come to you one at a time. So we'll start with Ross County 1, St Mirren 0, Hungbo 1-0 penalty. Any thoughts on this, Harry? And any assets from this game you're thinking about? Uh, yeah, so it seems to me like in the in the very early goings of the of the season, Ross County were ginormously underperforming their expected goals and goals against. Then the level sort of matched, and in recent weeks we're sort of seeing the opposite trend where their attack numbers have fallen well below what they were. I think they're averaging under an expected goal per game. Um, but over that period, someone that has come to the fray is uh, Joseph Hungbo. So it's now confirmed he's on penalties. I think he's around three point two million. And um, yeah, I think he has something like four, four or five goals in his last seven game weeks. Um, so he's actually looking like a quite a hot prospect at the moment. Um, outside of that, Saint Mary have looked fairly disappointing since Robinson took over. Um, I think they're yet to pick up any points. Maybe mistaken, but no, really, really poor start so far. Um, yeah, I have Tanzer, but I'm not exactly hopeful for the game on, on, on this midweek. Okay. Uh, well, next, again, I, I echo your thoughts with the whole Ross County thing. I think I was a bit bad about Ross County right at the start of the season about how when I watched them, 
they would have passed the eye test. They just couldn't. They weren't meeting the performance and the, the XG, where their goals, it was like they were well below what they should should be at. Uh, also, I think most of us are reading Charles Cook in this team. We all got reading Charles Cook, I think. Everyone is. Yeah. 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 So, Hongbo is the one that uh, I think Tom had. So, Tom was doing the differential with him. So, maybe Tom walked out this week for him. After the game, Mackay was basically giving a lot of praise to Hongbo, how he came at the team like a young lad and he's constantly getting on, he's really good, and, he's really, and that was the one he singled out for praise. So he's on penalties, don't know if it's something he didn't hear, like it might be more somebody who could rival Green Charles Cook as an option. When I watched the highlights, I had to watch, I didn't see big highlights on um, sports, I had to watch extend the highlights, and they both of them looked incredibly involved in most of the Ross County's play. Either of them was going for either one or the other, and that's a good sign. I mean, would I advise a double up? Probably not. But I think it's going to be who you back on the, on the certain week. They look like a team on the up. I don't know if I want to finish the top six. I'd like to finish the bottom, bottom six and you can go for them for the second half. If they finish the top six, I think it'd be, it'd be hard to go for them in the top six split, I think. It, Harry said St. Man, I think St. Man have looked really poor since Goodwin left and Nicholas took over. He looked really angry after this game and he did say, well, that he'd let things kind of fly the way they were. He tried to tweak things and now he wasn't happy. He's going to put a stamp on it. So maybe that's a statement of intent. Maybe something to watch for next week going forward. But I know people have got him because double game eight, but I'm kind of staying clear. What's your thoughts on that, Thomas? Yeah, I have to agree with like, pretty much everything you said. The, like, I would watch the sports scene highlights and like the first note that I took is Hungbo is looking full of confidence and I wonder if that's just because he's been getting the penalty goals. It's then just sort of like a sort of snowball effect on just his general play because he for his penalty win he like looked good. Um, something of note for me and you is that Grieve went off at half time. Uh, Robinson didn't look too pleased <laughs> too pleased with how he did. So I don't know. It's not looking great for us there. Um, but yeah, uh, the only real player of note from St. Mirren is Jordan Jones. He like had a couple of highlights where he was scaring players and putting the crop cross into the box, but there's just no one there, no takers for any of it. Uh, but yeah, not full of I'm not full of confidence. <laughs> in my vice captain creeping a clean sheet against rock bottom Dundee. So <laughs> yeah, that's well, please give hand. Dory, what's your thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I was the same as you, Peter. I stayed clear of uh, St Mirren for the double. Um, my thought process was I wouldn't back them in single game weeks. So I just decided to stay against it for the double. So, yeah, horrible first leg. Anik didn't play. Um, so if you'd maybe taken him in, thought he'd do well, no point there. There's no clean sheet in the defence. So you've lost out there. Kilty and Grieve are probably your two go-to players if you were thinking of taking in St Mirren players. And they both got subbed at half time. So... Um, not gonna. It's not turned out so good for them. Hungbo, I've mentioned before. Um, he also scored um, in the previous game week. I know we, we we missed that because we didn't record. But that's two and two, and I think that's that's kind of when you see players come to the fore. I've said before that him and Charles Cook play well together. Whether you double up, it's really difficult. And as I always say, the midfield is such a a difficult um, position to fill. Um, Exactly what you said. If they finish in the bottom six, then definitely worth looking at. But if they stay in the top six, so they're going to struggle. So we've got St Mirren Dundee tomorrow. Ronan's going to walk back into that team. Um, I 
hopefully I've still got him uh, to come off the bench. Hopefully he can get some points for me. But St Mirren are just uh, don't impress at all. Um, and for those who did load up on them, you're probably going to have to get rid of them quite sharp. Next up was Rangers 1, Aberdeen 0, and that was a goal by Ruth, assist by Aribo. I'll start quickly, only for a company you, because uh, I watched it with my pal at the caravan, you, and he was bricking it right near the end of the game. Uh, it got to 70 minutes, Donnie, and he was starting to tell me to leave over and stuff like this, and I was laughing, drinking my cider, watching him. And then he scored your goal in 81st minute, I believe, and it all, everyone was happy again, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> but I'll come to you. Hey, Donnie, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so a good Rangers win, I guess, is uh, what we should be looking at here. But Aberdeen, they set up difficult to beat. A lot of men behind the ball, um, which Rangers struggled to break down. Rangers had the best of the first half, but just couldn't create any shots on target. Um, one player that's impressed me, um, and I think a few of you have got him, is Bassey. The guy's just solid. He's an absolute unit, and players just seem to bounce off him. Um, he's started to put in a lot more crosses, I've noticed, um, when he's playing at left-back. Um, so it's definitely one to have um, if you're wanting to go double Rangers in the, the defence. Aberdeen, zero shots on target, and 10 games without a win. It tells you everything you need to know um, about their performance. Roof with a winner. It's, it's probably not a player I would um, go, and, go and make any changes over. I still think... Um, Morelos is your main man. He he huffed and puffed, but just uh, couldn't get any joy. But uh, happy to get the three points from that one. What's happening? Yeah, to your point about uh, Ruth, I completely concur. Um, I don't know if either of you's got a chance to listen to it, but I sort of when uh, Gerard left and GVB came in, I did a sort of like manager profile on uh, on. Um, on Giovanni van Bronckhorst and one of the conclusions that I made or experts made and I parroted relative to Fantasy Football Scotland was (laughs) that um, he's going to go with one striker up top and stick with them and so far that's been Morales and I don't think that's set to change I think there's a chance maybe that um, Ruth does get minutes and you know we we will see Morales hooked on 70 or 80 but he's going to continue to start so I wouldn't be too worried about that Um, overall I mean don't think there's too much to be said about Aberdeen, so I'm going to sort of kind of skim over them. It's kind of, it's hard to judge a team when they go and play away from home against one of their old firm. They sort of, you know, they set up differently. Um, maybe the only bright spark is Bazalwin. He's looked, you know, pretty uh, influential in the final third of the pitch for them more recently. Um, someone I've definitely got my eye on, depending on where they fall post-split. Um, again, I, I concur with, with, with Donnie as well with regards to Bassi. Ah, had him in since my wild card, and he's been one of my favourite transfers in. Um, at the at that point, he was I think two point seven million, starring every game. Um, for Rangers, is you know something to be something not to be sniffed at. Um, I did feel having watched the highlights that the chances created by Rangers weren't the best, and Aberdeen were actually doing a fairly good job of sort of protecting their box. Um, by and large, so, you know, when I look at my notes here, I've got, you know, shot dragged wide, sliced volley, deflected behind, and heads wide. Um, so, you know, and, and you look at the shots as well, 20 shots to two on target. I just don't think anyone at Rangers SC had their, uh, their shooting boots on. Other than that, there's not too much, I think, 
is worth noting. I know there's an old firm coming up in the game week 32, but I think we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Solid enough performance, but it's not, not great for fantasy football. Just before I come to Thomas, I just think Donnie, I know as well, he's not making many subs. The players look kind of dead in their feet. Is there a reason why that you think? Yang doesn't trust the squad? I don't know, because you've got enough depth in there. Um, but yeah, we went a couple of games and we only made one. We're still in Europe, um, which is obviously going to make things difficult in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I don't know what it was. He also made the changes at the um, at the weekend. And, and Roof's the, the, the kind of guy, if you're chasing a goal, you know, he will find a space and you know, get a, a, a poacher's goal a bit like he did. But yeah, it's just a concern Rangers last just just now that they have gone off the boil and you know, if you're not making transfers, the fan not making subs, the fans can see it. Um and it just adds to the frustration. But as I say, it's a it's a win and we we we, we move on. Frustrating as a fan, but suppose as a fantasy manager, it's good knowing you've got pretty much a nailed team. He's yeah. not making subs, so you're you're happy with that in terms of What's your thoughts on that Rangers Aberdeen game, Thomas? Uh, I've got to sort of say something similar to Harry. They had 20 shots on target, yeah, or 20 shots in total even, and they recorded less than 2xG, and that includes the Kamar Roof goal, which was inside the six-yard box. So if you take that away, they've got like 19 shots for about 1.3xG, and that just shows how sort of low quality the chances they were making. But defensively, they Aberdeen didn't really do much and Jim Goodwin said something like they went after Rangers defensively and it's just like is that just the new way of saying you've parked the bus against them because they mm-hmm. you see you see we've really I've got the actually timeline up here and they take both of their shots like in the first seven minutes um and yeah uh, I feel kind of bad for Barisic I didn't think he necessarily had a bad enough game to get hooked at half time but I suppose Bassey, being at left-back, eventually sort of won the ball, which ended up with it in the back of the net about 20 seconds later. So I guess GVB knows more than me. But, yeah, Aberdeen looking no better under Jim Goodwin than they did under Stephen Glass, realistically speaking. I think they fall under the same kind of bracket at St Mern. It's like they've got new managers. As long as they stay up, you'll not be judging them the next season. I think they'll just need to wait and see how they how the score changes for next season and he can judge both teams. Right, next yeah. up was, sorry, did anybody speak something there? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that like over the last three or four games, like they've, I mean, of course they played Rangers and you can't take too much from that, but uh, since he's came in, they've played Hart, who are a good side, but they recorded less than 0.2 XG and again, here they recorded less than 0.1. So it's like, if you've got Ramirez in, get him out. <laughs> Was it Hearts the game that Aberdeen had the worst expected goals all season apart from at Parkhead? Is it the Hearts game? I believe I've seen it online somewhere. It was like, yep. and then, and then this game here against Rangers was even worse. So <laughs> the, according to where we're getting our goals from, a new manager and their their worst XG. I know XG people go don't care about XG, but it is it's, it's a thing. It's a stat you, you can read into it. So since the new manager, they've, they've been actually they're playing worse attacking than they've been. Beforehand, I mean, again, both defensively and offensively, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, me and I have made it well known what our thoughts on Stephen Glass being sacked are, so we don't need to talk on about that anymore. <laughs> right, okay, we'll move on. As we say, sell all the sheep, sell all your sheep. Right, anyway, next, 
Motherwell won, Dundee won, McMullen goal, I mean, nice goal actually, early on, and then an Etherdwee's first goal in Motherwell with a Van Veen assist. Thoughts on this game, Thomas, as you go um, off <laughs> <laughs> um, Dundee, I think, had some injury problems because they had 20-year-old Sharp starting in goals. Um, and, yeah, uh, two names that popped up consistently in my notes are Kevin Van Veen and McMullen. I think you, you said both of their names at the start, but again, they were doing everything. McMullen looked nowhere near as old as I actually think he is. He looked like a 20-year-old running around on that pitch. Um, so maybe the Mark McGee revolution has started to take effect. <laughs> but yeah, um, a fairly even game. You can sort of see that in the XG stats. Motherwell had 1.29 to Dundee's 1.22. Um, I think McDade had a shot inside the six-yard box, but yeah, Kevin Van Veen for me was the standout player. Save yourself, Harry, you think? Yeah, I actually was on McMullen for a number of game weeks, like five or six. I brought him in because Dundee's fixtures swung quite nicely. And I thought, you know, I'll just have, I'll stick him on the bench and he'll come on if he re- registers a return. He didn't at any point. I think it was five or six, two and three pointers in a row. Then I took him out for Goss. It might have been not this game week, but the game before. And lo and behold, he returns. Was it 10, 11 points a week after I've taken him out? Um, so I was fairly bitter about that. To be said, he did look very good, but I'm just not particularly interested in any of Dundee's assets. They're not playing particularly good football. They don't look particularly adept defensively. Um, so, yeah, not too much to say on that front. Motherwell, been very disappointing in 2022. Um, I thought that was set to change with their swing of fixtures. I think it's game week 33 to 38 was meant to be a nice run for them, but sort of two poor results already, two games into that run. Um, yeah, I brought Sean Goss in to target, said, uh, said uh, run of fixtures, and it's not paid off so far. Fingers crossed that turns around, but didn't look great in this game either. And when you don't look great against the bottom side in the league, that's only a bad sign. Okay. Uh, I can agree. Uh, Motherwell are a weird, weird team. I mean, Donnie will come on to you next. I th- thought when you were 2 0 down last week, your fingers showed a bit of fighting. But Motherwell can pull it like that week in, week out. Then, okay, you can be bank on some assets. They can be. But they're a really, really weird team. They don't really keep the form up. Uh, Dundee, I think you both mentioned it. I'm not interested in Dundee. Maybe post split, if. McGee gets some sort of thing and go and he looks on maybe one or two players if they're fighting for their lives. But I need to see more first. There's more, there's better players out they pick from. Uh, and Motherwell again, Ether, I don't know, I kind of like to look him when he first came in, but that's his first goal. He would need to show more returns before I'd think about him. Van Dien's been, been quite regular this year for, for most most part, but again, we talked about this last week, Donnie, there's so many options up front. and so many cheap options up front. It's, it's kind of nailed at the right time. We, we mentioned it before, White, Van Dien, uh, Anderson, Grief, if, if he's going to start playing. There's, there's so many players, Henry, if he's in Johnson. I mean, he's, he's trying to get guys on the right time. So what's your thoughts on this game, Donny? Yeah, so I actually took in Van Veen. Um Dundee had six COVID absences. So I was swithering at the team news whether to go Van Veen or Sims. And as soon as I seen that, I thought, right, I'll lump on Van Veen. 
Um, he's kind of returned with the assist, um, and obviously Sims didn't didn't uh, didn't really score, so I feel justified in that decision. Um, yeah, cracking cracking goal from McMullen, and I thought Van Veen played really well, so I'll keep him in my team. I thought Dundee. I think they played with a lot of energy. Now, I don't know if that was just because of the changes. It was people like to, to impress. But I think they'll fancy their chances against St Mirren. They're at home um, and they're due a good performance. So it'll be interested to see that one tomorrow. But outside of Van Veen, there's probably nobody nobody on the pitch that really offered anything other than what we've already got. So, um, yeah, that's that. Just on that end, what is your all predictions for tomorrow, right, for Dundee St Mirren game? Donny, what do you think? Dundee St Mirren? Probably a score and draw, um, maybe one-one. Um, say neither team are particularly in form. Um, not good going forward. Not good at the back. So um, take your pick. Harry, would you think Dundee at man? Uh, either three-two or nil-nil. Either direction as well. Yeah, they both don't look great going forwards or in defence. Um, so that could go one of two ways. Thomas. No, I think it's going to be a board draw, nil no. I just, I mean, Van Veen might be able to magic something out of nothing, but I don't really feel there's anyone else on the pitch who can pose too much of a threat. I've got a funny Van Veen. Van Veen isn't even playing this game. What am I talking about? Let's say, yeah, so then in that case, yeah, nil nil. There's absolutely no one that I think can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dundee will sneak it and then that'll be the start of the comeback. I don't know if still up, I think it might be the start of the week of a comeback. Right, next up. Hibbs nil, Wilson Johnson nil, so two clean sheets, none of them. I'm quite happy with this one because I had I had Doig and I've got Gordon with the bench for St. Johnson, who I thought Gordon had a really good game because he got quite a lot of bonus points. I thought it was really stood at the back. Uh, with Maloney's Hibbs so far, what I've seen, I didn't expect this actually, there's had to be more solid at the back. As if he's got the solid, he's got his art worked perfectly well. But I think they're really, really missing Boyle. That was also the, the big key man they had in between the attack, the midfield attack. And he's gone and they've struggled to replace him and come up with some sort of attacking strategy. I could put like American football kind of analogy where the defence is, is good, they've got their their about their 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 plays for going forward is really, really poor and they're really struggling to come up with something. Nisbet's out for the season now, so, okay, Doyle's a decent decent striker. I wouldn't say he's top 10 strikers in the, in the league, but he's good enough. But I think they're struggling to have some sort of strike. And I think Hibbs might just start now, certainly looking, I think, might just try to grind out a lot of nil-nils, one-nils to end of the season, try to get yourself top six. Thoughts, Tony? Yeah, I've only got two notes um, for this game. and One is Hibbs offer very la- little attacking option. I think Doig had the best chance of the game right at the end um, and a good running shot. Um, it's their third consecutive 0-0, so it must be a joy to watch <laughs> turning up to go and see them. They've got Aberdeen away next, so I guess they'll fancy their chances there. Um, but no, nothing there um, that you would, you would take from it. Have you yourself, Harry, your thoughts on Hibs' game, St. Johnson? I, I thought on the balance of things that uh, Hibs probably did deserve to win, even if it was just edging it. Um, I agree. I think they do look. I think they look very solid defensively, and they do play out quite nicely. 
Um, I think I haven't updated the tables for the most recent game week, but prior to this game week, they were sitting fourth for last six and fifth for last four for expected goals against, um, which is pretty good, but they're at the bottom half of the table um, for XG. Um, I brought in Doig, actually off the back of uh, Donny's uh, recommendation uh, to remove to remove Ramsey. I targeted the two fixtures that he had, and it's paid off so far. I think it's two clean sheets. Yeah. It's just, you know, at all. Uh, I'm in the same mind as you with regards to Dundee players. I have my eye on a couple of uh, those St. Johnson assets for post-split when it comes to down to less about expected goals and stats and more about player psychology and stuff like that. I think your uh, Halbergs, your Hendrys, your Chiefs, your Gordons will all come into the fray, I think. And as opposed to being a team that goes, let, let's say Ross County were adrift. Instead of them trying to lock up defensively, I think you, let's say they were in a relegation battle, I think they would really come out and really try to score as many goals as they, they possibly could because that's what they're best at. But in the case of St. Johnson, they're better known for being a defensive, well-organised team. I think that in the close of the season, we'd, see, we'd be seeing a few clean sheets. Um, and, and I think this was sort of maybe, I like to think this is a sign, a clean sheet here uh, when I'm looking at my post-split wildcard. Yep, by 100% agree. I'm actually looking at St. Johnson and Nundina. I've I had Gordon in my team as like a total placesetter to move them on, but the last two weeks, three weeks, I think they've looked more steadily impressive. I'm like, well, I've got more fire to take care of first. I think he was staying because, if you say, the splits in three weeks' time, two weeks' time, and if they're still fighting for their life, I want St. Johnson to defend in there, I think. Playing his team at their own level, I think that's a decent player to keep in there. What's your thoughts, Thomas? Again, with to your point about St. Johnson looking better and better, over the last six game weeks, they find themselves, oh, sorry, over the last four, they find themselves mid-table for expected goals against. I think it's in eighth position. And the same over the last six. So I would agree. I, I'd quite happily take a mid-table side defensively playing in that bottom six. Yep, yep. It's starting to look towards, especially after the split, when you've got a wild card and how you want to build your team. I'm pretty sure most guys will have, well, most managers will have plenty of budget now in their team and if you don't have pretty budget team and you don't fair enough you look for cheaper assets there is a cheaper option in the back line we'll, I assume we'll both discuss that on our podcast at a later time about how to build a wild card later on Thomas thoughts on this game? Yeah I mean I, I think you've these are both pretty much well, you've all hit the nail on the head there um, Hibs have really started to sort of come into the fold defensively as you're saying they're missing oil and it's you see sort of something similar happen with Motherwell where they've just not replaced their best offensive and creative asset. Um, but yeah, St. Johnston stalled defensively and as we're talking about the post split, because it is coming very soon, um, with regards to the player psychology, if St. Johnston are sort of in that sort of relegation playoff battle um, and they're playing the team that's sat in seventh who don't really have much left to play for, you, you can sort of see... St. Johnson sort of really trying to gun at it. And I think two players who I think will be very important for St. Johnston will be McCart and Hendry. Uh, so McCart will get, I think, quite a few clean sheets in there. And Hendry will be the Kyle Lafferty from last season. Donnie's laughing at you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't argue. He, I think he can't, he, like, in like the last 10 games, he scored like seven or eight goals. So it's like, Someone like someone like Henry could be the difference for St. Johnston, I feel. Yep, I agree. I mean, see if somebody had, had the high tape on him 
five weeks weeks ago. Been fair play, but I think it would be hard. I've not saw many teams in top ten. Twenty. I've looked through teams. I've not saw many teams, so people haven't done the jump. So if maybe again, as Harry mentioned, if it's a bottom six split well card mentality, you bring him in on a chance that you ditch your your top six. Well, if Livingston finished top six, do you get the Anderson because he's playing against the top five probable defenses, and you go for a like a Henry because he's playing against the bottom. Five worst defences. Do you go for that one because he's more chance for the turns, or have you missed the boat? That's going to be a, a personal option, I think. Right. Next up is Dungeon Two Hearts Two. So it's Smith in Clark goal, a Clark assist. Boyce we are belted a goal in the first minute. Halkett as well. Mackay Stevens assist and Mackay assist. So I'll come to you, Thomas. Thoughts on this game? I think that's like Boyce's first goal in seven or eight games and it was very very well taken he like controlled the ball very well and then just from his back to the goal it quickly turns and then hits in off the post it was very very lovely um, but I would like to point out I think that's like another Mackay assist he mm-hmm. assisted Halkett's goal and he that guy is just I, I think I've said this for like the last eight weeks he's someone I really want to bring in but I just haven't and uh, another person is Smith, but like he scored two goals in two, but I think they were sort of pretty low XG positions, so I, I'm not really thinking of bringing him in. Clark scoring up, uh, scoring the penalty. Again, Dundee United aren't the greatest going forward. When I just sort of like watch them play, they don't look that great. So again, someone who I would avoid. But Boyce scoring has sort of really thrown a span in the works. It was going to be either him or Grieve out. So depending on how few minutes Grieve plays this weekend, it might actually, or tomorrow, it'll probably be Grieve out for me. So, aye. But good game to watch. Yep. Just on the Boyce thing, I listened to it. I watched a thing on YouTube, on Twitter today about Hearts of the Boyce try to be history maker and be the first player since I think John Robertson to get 20 goals for Hearts in a domestic season so he's fired away from it he's really 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 want to get there and they talk to the manager as well who thinks he'll get there and they'll encourage him to get there as well so to me I was looking at Sims once I read, once I read the article and watched it I was like mm, my wee heart's going back to Boyce he's kind of about five goals in the next seven eight games he looked good. He looked fresh. He was, he was saying that he was real strong after COVID. He's now feeling back to full fitness. He feels that he can play in his position behind the striker. He can interact with Sims. So, me not using my head and using the heart, I think boys could be a nice option to end of the season if, like, he's managing back him saying, we'll try to get me 20 goals. So, I think something to look out for. What's your thoughts, Harry? Yeah, very interesting. That I did not know that about Boyce, him only being five goals off of, of their record. And that's something I really like to look at when it comes to, um, play, yeah, like when managers really back their players. So I, I feel that's sort of indicative of good performances to come, or at least it can be. Uh, I'm someone who has been on Boyce for a good few game weeks now. Um, tar- after I think they played Rangers, it was like Dundee, St. Johnston, and then, you know, a run of, you know, continuously fairly kind fixtures. Disappointed in the first two game weeks, um, but seeing him score this week was, you know, a relief. And you know, he he's been playing well. Maybe snatching his opportunities, and then you know, 
scored well today. Combining this with what you said makes me very happy to own him for the running. Um, I don't know if I'd still be on him post split because uh, Hearts's re- like record um, post split is pretty is pretty terrible. Yep, again, me and Thomas talk about Barry McKay every game week. It seems like a long term admirer, but uh, never an owner. Um, he's been excellent this season. He's been the sort of thing that makes them tick going forward. And you can tell when he's not on the side when he's not playing. Um, Dundee United are a weird team at the moment. Um, and they sort of have been all season. They have sort of started to pick up results over the past few game weeks. Um, but they're bottom for expected goals against over the last six with 1.7 and last four a whopping 2.04. It's worth noting possibly that the Rangers game is in there with a 3.69 expected goals conceded, but still um, 1.45 versus Motherwell, 1.87 versus Livingston and 1.13 versus, you know, an Aberdeen team that looked fairly bereft of ideas going forward. Um, strange, I guess. And it's sort of continued here. Like I, I, I thought on the balance of things, Hearts definitely deserve to win, but somehow Dundee United managed to scrape together a result. Smith, yeah, two goals in two games, but as Thomas said, um, he's taking shots from not exactly high percentage positions, so not too interested. Um, Clark might be an option. Uh, you know, won the penalty, took it himself and scored, so that's Always worth considering, and again, he falls into that budget striker uh, bracket. Um, I just don't think Dundee United have the fixtures necessarily to go along with that. Ah, they're okay into the split. Saint Mary and Hibs away, Dundee uh, in the in the City Derby at home. Um, but, yeah, overall, Hearts look, Hearts look like they're really coming onto the game. They went through a wee sticky patch there, um, but they're looking very very strong at the moment, and I'm happy to be on by. So yeah, this is my conclusion. Yep. Cool. Again, I think he's fallen that same kind of bracket as if they finish bottom six, they're more interesting than if they did to finish top six. So it's certainly kind of watched for the next couple of weeks. Dory, thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I'm just repeating what a lot of you have said. I think Boyce needed that goal. Uh, I said the last time we talked that he was almost trying too hard um, and just got a bit unlucky. Um, so he got a lot of confidence from that. I don't necessarily think that it makes Sims, um, you know, any worse I think he was unfortunate this week so if you're still deciding between Sims and Boyce whilst it's tricky you're just going to have to pick one and probably stick to it um, I don't have either I, I I would have gone Sims this week um, if I hadn't gone Van Veen but they, they're both playing well uh, whether they play well at the same time is a different story one thing you're going to have to watch out for now I know we've got a couple of weeks till the next game week is Hearts had loads and loads of injuries in this game. I think they used all five subs by 60 minutes. Um, an example is Cochrane, who I know a lot of people have had. Um, and we talked about him last week. He doesn't get a lot of game time. But he came on after eight minutes to replace Gary McKay-Stevens. Then he went off again half an hour later. Um, so the sub getting subbed um, in the first 40 minutes. Um, you know, he must be made of glass, I don't know. But... Um, Hearts, I think, are a difficult one to predict because they, they lost a couple of games and then they've won a couple of games. And I think they are settled in that third spot. Um, I don't think they're really going to have any challengers. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, how they get on. They're always good going forward. Um, and Gordon at the back um, gives you a good choice. Dundee United, there's not enough there. I've said Clark before, but I don't think they get enough penalties or enough... Um, attacking returns to 
you know, hang your hat on him. But it's a good game, enjoyable. Okay, that is my only concern. I suppose perhaps if they kind of got third sewed up, if the split comes and they start taking their eye off the wall a wee bit, and they could not be as competitive being, but I suppose so just get kind of put eye on. Okay, last game of game week was Livingston won. I say last game, one more to go actually, sorry. One we've seen so far. Livingston won at Celtic 3, eh, Maeda, Devlin goal, Forrest goal, and that was a jot assist with a penalty missed by McGregor and a shinny goal for Livingston. So thoughts on this game, Donny, and you can take your tinfoil hat off. <laughs> yep, so Celtic's bogey team, um, well well dismissed. Um, and that can happen. I think it's a, a lot of times they've gone in Livingston and they've... Um, maybe expecting to do bad and that's what happens. I think there's still a bit of confusion over Celtic's best 11 and I know there's a question on that so um, we can follow up on that later. That's McGregor's second penalty miss and um, so I've got the best record from the spot and um, all the Juranovic owners must have been shouting at their TV and um, wishing that he was a game. Celtic scored uh, from a corner that never was. Uh, played an obvious mistake with that one. And of it course, is. it was Maeda, Maeda <laughs> the man I took out. Um, I've had Maeda on my team for a couple of weeks. He wasn't performing, so I took him out. And uh, of course, he goes and scores. I thought Jota had an overdue good game. Um, so it was good to see that uh, from him. Uh, Devlin couldn't do anything about the OG. Um, obviously, Shinny ruined the, the clean sheet. That's the point in the game when I was hoping that Celtic would just get the clean sheet. Um, but no, it was a comfortable win in the end. Um, you can't complain about that. And I think their fixtures um, outside of the Rangers game and the games after the split, I don't think Celtic will have any issues um, with any of those, especially if the teams stay as they are. Um, you're going to avoid Aberdeen, you're going to avoid Motherwell, you're going to avoid uh, Dundee United. I think Celtic would be quite happy if the split was now, but uh, yeah, I suppose they'll be happy just with Rangers winning um, and going level. They'll be happy just to get that win uh, out of the way. Right, my thoughts as well. I was a never right before watching this game because I just I'm used to going here and I think with drop points. I thought I handled quite well. I, I think I wouldn't read too much into Angie's rotation. I think he rotated for like physicality in the game. Look, Ralph's not right back because he's, he's strong and he's physically challenged. Peter in for a bit of height. I think that was basically about that and hoping the players step up. As Tony said, uh, uh, Jota stepped up for the first time in a couple of weeks, so he looked good. And won the, won the battles physically and then they won the game like, with the football after it. The penalty wasn't a penalty in my book, I'll be honest with that. I think it was just what, the, what can a guy do? His hands do to keep himself up. It wasn't a corner, but obviously as a fan, I'll take it. But I think take out the situation, I think after they still won the game well enough. Uh, I'm trying to think we see here. They rode the luck a few times. I don't know if we'll get to use boys next, but O'Bly hot the bar. Hibs were, uh, Livingston, sorry, were very dangerous for cross balls and they're a very big dominating team. And I mean, I'm watching O'Bly as an owner going... That's why I've got on my team because he's very, very decent asset from corners and then the sort of free kicks in the box. He looked very good. I keep him team for that 100%. Celtic, as Donny said, a couple of good fixed up for the, for the next old firm game. I think he'd be back on them to look back to their best. So, for that point of view, I was personally happy they conceded after 3 0 up. That's a stupid Celtic fan, but because 
I'm triple sight midfield, so I'm glad the defender lost the goal, so that was wiped out from my point of view. But they're always uh, a chance to set pieces, things can happen. Thoughts are in the game? It's interesting what fantasy football does to you, being a Celtic fan, celebrating yeah. a goal, smashing sure. It's it's funny how that I didn't celebrate, I just was happy, it was a clean sheet wipeout. Quietly, quietly. I just still have an image in my head, you know, them crashing and going, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, um, I, as, a, as a Juranovic owner, was disappointed to see him dropped again. I understand like the tactical, like that was very much a tactical decision and I'm not too worried about him. Not starting in the next game week, but he has come in and out the side more recently. Um, so it's a situation I'm monitoring at the moment. Um, I thought the decision to go for Forrest over Abada that probably hit a lot of managers. I think Abada's ownership is quite high. I don't see ah, it's hard to say with that one because Abada has been in excellent form this season. You know, he's has a ridiculous number of goal contributions in the League Cup and European football. Um, but Forrest is a very, very good player and has come back in and, and, and shown as much. Um, so maybe there's a risk of rotation there if Forrest can stay fit. And, we, you know, we might have to get used to seeing Abada coming off on 55 to 65 minutes to get, you know, minutes into Forrest's legs. Um, but no, on the game overall, I thought Celtic were definitely deserved winners. Um, 24 shots and seven on target to Livingston, seven and three. Six big chances to Livingston's two. Um, I guess from a Livingston perspective, I was disappointed a little bit that they didn't try and play the football that they've been playing that had been serving them so well up to this point. They sort of, you know, they took Anderson at the side, they put Shinny in and had, you know, it seems to sort of like drop that wingers back. And I, I guess you do have to do that against, you know, a team like Celtic or in. But yeah. I still think, for what it's worth, you can kind of maybe, if you're, if you're considering Livingston assets, delete this game and base your, your opinions on them on the, on the fixtures prior to this. Um, yeah, that's it, really. I mean, Peter, you're on, uh, you said three Celtic mids. I presume that's Abada, Yota, and is it Rogic, the third, the third one? O'Reilly. O'Reilly, the third one. I had been considering going to a triple up uh, in midfield. Do you think O'Reilly is still the right guy or do you think there's a better option? Well, I'll put a pin in that. I've got a question on it later. Okay, we'll okay. Later that's fine. Okay, in that case, I've not, not got anything else to say with regards to this fixture. Just one thing on your Forest thing. I think with Forest and Abada, the Cup game on Monday coming will make a good indication because Celtic do no longer have any midweek games. So it's a, it should be, according to Andrew's talking, full intense training for now on in the best team of the week. That's the way I took it, the way he was talked to the pressers. So, Forrest looked good. I wouldn't say he was at his best, but if Forrest was going to done United Monday night in the Cup, then maybe there's a shift in formation. Maybe this Forrest is looking better and peaking at the right time. Again, that's more just wait and see Monday night. And then also it gives you the week leading up to the actual next game week to kind of work on that. Thoughts, Thomas, on the game? Yeah, I'm sort of similar boat to Harry. I'm surprised Livingston didn't do what they did best. I'm surprised mostly that they didn't play Nubly outright like they've usually been. I think he would have absolutely ragdolled Greg Taylor uh, in that right wing. He got left. ragdolled. Did you see Steve after the game? Greg Taylor was battered pillar to post. But when he... I, I know, but like they played him sort of more as, as a central striker this game, whereas I think Anderson should have been there and Nubly should have been out on the right. And that's 
as Harry said, that's what they've been doing for the last few games, and it's served them well. But um, with regards to Anderson, I'd keep him in your team. I think this was just sort of a sort of one-off tactical decision that they made with regards to this match. Um, with regards to Celtic, they recorded just under three xG. That's taking away their penalty. If you include it, they had 3.6, which is probably not far off one of the highest for a single match. Um, but yeah, Jota looked very good. It says here they got 0.8 XGA, or uh, expected assists even. Um, so yeah, he is someone who I was really tempted to sort of maybe try and shift to Kent, but because he's got a huge price tag at 7 million, but this game again has sort of started to throw a bit of a spanner in the works there, and he is clearly Celtic's best left winger. Um, Celtic again, I feel we're potentially a bit fortunate to only concede one. Uh, Hart made a pretty fantastic save from point blank range against Obelai, and then as you said, Obelai hit the crossbar later on, but. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, Days in Maeda is someone who I'm starting to consider, but just with the rotatability up front with Maeda, you've got Jack Marcus, Abada can play at striker, and then I think there's rumours that Furuhashi might be back after the international break or so. You're shaking your head, so apparently not, but there's still sort of, a, even without Furuhashi, there's still loads and loads of depth there, so it's that's the only thing keeping me from it. And there's Morelos up front and then there's quite a few cheaper assets that I prefer to have. And I like having two Celtic midf- uh, midfielders on the defender, but we can, as he said, talk about that in a bit. Okay. The, what you're pointing out about Jota is, as you said, Jota seems to be the only fit left wing midfielder that Anne seems to trust. So I think... He went off ball a wee bit. I don't people are starting to think maybe he was heading into the game, he was thinking elsewhere, but if he was going to that game proved to me that he was right in it, he was doing a lot of tracking back, he's doing all the press. If he's playing like that, there's nobody going to challenge him on that team. If they're going to play week to week, there's no midweek games. I think Jota's gonna be pretty much nil to the rest of the season. I know he's a big price a big price tag, but I would be pushing to get Jot on your team if you haven't got him in the midfield. He mentioned Kyogo. I've been doing a bit. I've done this a lot. I was searching on Twitter before the Haki find it out, and there's no news, and there's, he's nowhere near fitness. Turnbull's going back before him, supposedly, according to what you read. And because of the, the injury it was a hamstring and the muscle kind of terms it, it's going to be weeks to lead up to the place. So I, I can't see Furuhashi featuring much, honestly, for the end of the season. Might become near a couple of weeks. I don't think so. They kind of hang it out on. So it's Maeda or Jack and Marcus would probably be two strikers up front you'd be rotating. Obviously, one's a two in the game, one's a striker. It's up to you. But I think Jota is the one to go for in the left-hand side because he's nailed, whereas the Mason Elastic Forest and Abada could could rotate. But I, if Jota's playing like that, I think Jota's going to be nailed. It's a million price tag, but I think you can stretch it if you've not got Celtic elsewhere. Okay, and I'll start that from the one. Anybody? Nope. All shakes of the head. Ah, I see. Right, I'm going to read the fixtures out. Obviously, the game week is plenty of time away, but just to get an idea in your head, we've talked with transfer capital. So, 
Dundee's in minutes tomorrow night, so don't worry about that in this game week. But Saturday 19th, we've got Aberdeen Hibs, Celtic Ross County, Hearts and Longeston, St. George Motherwell, St. Mandan United, and Dundee Rangers. So forget about that now, we'll get to that in a minute, but that's just for like late on the road. So Donnie, we have you for Donnie's deep dive. You're going to make his guess, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so I really enjoyed doing this one. Um, once you've figured out who it is and um, I've spent time talking about them, um, hopefully you find it uh, useful too. So I've got a few little facts. Uh, I'm sure you'll guess them by the end and then we'll go on to talk about them. So this player is 26 years old. He has made 208 appearances in Scottish football over two clubs. His former clubs include Southend, Colchester and Arsenal, as well as one other SPFL team. He wears the number 18. He is an international footballer with 40 caps, and he recently featured in the Euro 2020 tournament. And the last part, if you haven't got it by now, is his club famously paid 50 grand for him. So do we all know who it is? I have no idea if I guess what I'm starting. Oh my goodness, I'm really struggling here. I think uh, I've got it. Oh, Tommy's I Tommy's good. Go for it, go for is it. it Glenn Kamara? It is, yes. Was it the uh, 50 grand by any chance? Yeah. It was indeed. Okay, so um, I've spent a lot of time looking at uh, Glenn Kamara. Um, I'll go through it just now and you can let me know what you think at the end. So Rangers midfielder, priced at 4.8 million. He's got 9.1% ownership in the game, which makes him the 44th most owned player. Now, that sounds like a lot, um, but when you realise that Jamie McGrath is the 41st most owned player and Jason Cummings is stuck in ninth, uh, it gives you an idea of where he sits. And uh, Martin Boyle is something like 25th most owned. <laughs> a lot of people have just left him in his team and not gone back to it. So the reason that I'm talking about Glenn Gamara is... Glenn Kamara is ninth overall in points with 129 points. That's more than Jota, Kent, McGregor and Alan Forrest. So it makes him the fifth highest scorest midfielder in the game. So I probably wouldn't have thought of that um, there. So if you've got Arebo, Reagan, Charles Cook, Abada, Ferguson and Kamara, then you've got the best midfield available as things stand. So if we look at the games, he's played 27 out of the 30 games and has an average of 86.5 minutes. So when he plays, he plays the whole game. If we look at bonus points, he sits 13th overall with 15 bonus points, which, funny enough, is the same as Calvin Ramsey. It's something somebody we've always said you know, is good at getting the, the bonus points. Um, so 15 um, over the course of the season. Now, when you consider that the top three players in the game for bonus points are all Rangers players, Tav Morelos and Aribo, um, it's even more impressive that he's he's getting figures in like that. His passing stats are off the chart, and there's only McGregor in the game that makes more passes from midfield. Um, so he's consistent. He's not a rotation risk. Got a good chance, good chance of the clean sheet points, and he's almost always guaranteed passing points um, with the off chance of bonus points. He's never been booked this season, so you're not going to lose points. His average points per game come out at 4.7. So as a consistent midfielder, 4.7 is what you're looking at. He has had three goals this season. And he's also had three assists. So he will get your returns. Um, 
but you know that's a personal choice on that one. So when we talk about slow and steady and in fantasy football, Glenn Canamara is your man. I was really shocked um, to see him as a top 10 player in the game. Um, I've previously been asked about Glenn Kamara as a Rangers asset and I've always brushed him off um, just because the position that he plays. So to finish it off, I'm not saying let's all go out and buy Glenn Kamara. That's going to be a personal choice. But if you've got somebody like Aribo or Jota and you're trying to get to Morelos, um, who's obviously one of the most expensive players, then Glenn Kamara offers you a decent route to get there um, based on his um, points per game average. So that's Glenn Kamara, uh, the tortoise of Scottish football, as I've named him. Um, and I think <laughs> when the time comes, I think Rangers will get a lot more than £50,000 when they do sell him. Thoughts? Yes, that's thoughts, Tony. Can I ask a question, Tony? Yeah, there you go. Has he got more points than Golson and Bassey? I'd have to check. I don't think he does. Um, I'll just run through the top 10. Because that's why I would, uh, put, I would probably put Paul people off because it's a problem. Definitely. That, the, the sort of DCM position um, is it's not one that goes down well in fantasy football. Um, I would but, say I think that Kamara to Bassey is a slightly unfair comparison. I think at least in the early goings of the season, Barisic was... He does. The first, what, 10 or so game weeks? Whereas, uh, no whereas Kamara has been in since yeah. game week one. So if we just, I'll quickly run through. So you've got Tav and Charles Cook take up the top three positions. You've got Morelos, Abada, Gordon, Ralston, who's seventh, 132 points. Just above Glenn Kamara is Ferguson. He's only one point um, ahead of Kamara. Um, and then you've got Watt, uh, number 10. So... As I say, it's not a player that you think of for fantasy football. Um, and you, you know, to be the fifth best midfielder in a game where we laud midfielders um, for the returns, it's, it, it really came as a surprise um, when I was breaking down his numbers. Okay, well, probably the biggest sleeper hit so far then, from the, at least for the old firm, I'd imagine. Which is what's not happening. Yeah. We're talking, sorry to interrupt you, what you think about Glenn Kamara? Yeah, sorry for talking you over there. I thought I, I, there was a wee gap for me to. Oh, he's away. No, he's disappeared. Oh. Yeah, I'll come you in, Tom. Your thoughts on Glenn Kamara then? What's your thoughts? Oh, he's surprised You disappeared for like, we didn't hear anything you said. No, you'll need to start again. You went out and came back in. Uh, sorry about that. Just when I'm ready. Yep, when you go. Yeah, so what I was saying was, is when you're comparing Kamara to Bassi, uh, Bassi featured far more heavily. Sorry. Wrong way around. Kamara has played essentially every minute of every game of the season, whereas Bassi wasn't really favoured until Rangers started experiencing uh, injuries in defence. Um, and, and I think it's a great, like a great resection. I think, yeah, I've completely overlooked Kamara. I think maybe for the run-in, you're kind of looking for some maybe more explosive picks, and I don't know if Kamara is going to be as such. You know, if you're trying to, it's the sort of end of season. You know, what's the word? Sushi here, we were all trying to pick up as many points, you know, push up our our uh, our mini leagues and stuff. And I think there are more explosive picks than a Glenn Kamara. Hey, thoughts, Thomas? Yeah, I think although he is fourth overall for Rangers, um, we are really definitely getting to the business end, and the players that are gonna sort of 
B, the more explosive picks are Tav, Aribo, Morelos, or Bassi. I mean, like, I, I can understand if you don't have twenty three million pounds or twenty three million pounds to spend in game on Tav, Aribo, and Morelos, but with Bassi at four million and Rangers still very solid, like defensively solid, I he is a he. It's difficult because then you've got to sort of replace him with one of those four. So, like, he, it's tough. My my only caveat, again, is that relative to Ferguson, Ferguson's on penalties for Aberdeen and is one of those players that does churn out those points. But Kamara is only 4.8, so that, like, makes him nearly one and a half million cheaper so that then you could potentially move up to Tavor Morelos. Amy's moved on Tav is should we play this game to be honest well Arido or Morelos I don't want to fair enough it's Donny says but I think if you were on him for the time being well done I've saw him on a few teams but I have saw him on quite a few teams especially the top 50 I've saw Kamara sitting there fair play but as you two last say they're all I think to go on him now might be too late if you try to push for these points now coming into the season he could be could be totally wrong. He could he could return. Don't he's nailed every week and he's going to play and he's he's very impressive. He passes eye test. All think he looks great. I thought he looked great in Euros as well, Kamara. I think he's could definitely go for big money. One of his one of his most shrewd signings in the last season, definitely. But I'm still fancying the double up at the back in Morelis. Donny, have you did your mind change yourself? Or have you still stick what you've got? Yeah, no, I mean, as I say, I'm not expecting everyone to go out and buy them. Um, with hindsight, if you knew this information at the start of the season, you might have looked at somebody of that calibre um, and just um, put them in your team and left them. Um, so for next season, I guess it's one to consider. But no, I get that in terms of chasing points and, and, and trying to get as much as you can, um, you, you are going to want maybe some of the alternatives out there. But if if you're looking to get... You know, I'm at and you're just struggling for funds. You know, you could you could do a lot worse and get that. I've stood by Ferguson all season, and he's only scored one more point than Kamara. So it's, it just shows that what you think versus what you actually know. Um, two different things, but uh, no, I, w- I wouldn't get him in. But it just shows you that um, Mister Consistent. It's good for thought for next season, making up positions where he's just. Sit somebody in the position and leave him and just don't touch this player. If he's nailed and he mm. plays for Rangers Celtic especially, he's nailed. He's, he's like McGregor, always, he's getting more points than McGregor, obviously, and he's nailed. Just sit him there and just let him chug away and he'll be consistently turning three, four, five points, average, average, average. Whereas you could go for like your, you say, the Morales, who might haul one week, get two the next, haul again, they get one because he gets booked in a game. So, it's really how you want to play the game, but I think that's a, a case way going forward. And I'll say, Donnie, your, your deep dive last week done, went down very well, and I think it's going to again very well this week. I think it's something to look into and it gives people feed for thought going forward when they think about players to bring in. No, it's not a problem. As I say, I enjoy doing it. And for anything, any players or um, positions you want me to look at, um, just drop me a DM and I'll, well, I'll do my son, best. Donny, you can put on Twitter and then get an engagement and you can do it yourself. <laughs> that's how these things work, Donny, see how they work. Right, I'll move to questions then, guys, and then before we get our uh, transfer stuff in, before we hear finish up. So, we'll look at two questions this week. First is from Josh McCaffrey, that is Josh underscore football blog. 
So he says, Celtic rotated once again at the weekend. What's your ideal combination of their assets, i.e. three midfielders or two mids and a defender, etc.? What players would you choose to make up this combination? So I'll start first because I have got three Celtic treble midfield. Now, Donnie spoke before. And my idea was I'd bring a three Celtic midfielders, hopefully do the rotation risk, and hopefully the players could certainly get six midfielders. Basically, I think they're going to rely on mostly. Guys came off the bench, maybe the damage the last half hour. Now, I had Jota, O'Reilly and Abada this week. Jota returned. O'Reilly got booked off the bench, so nothing. Abada got one point. Didn't work this week. Fair enough. Their home is against Ross County. So I'll definitely give it one more game week of that, see how it works again. Doesn't work, I'm going to have to rethink it. But again, still took a loss in goals at the back, even if it's one goal. So I felt it was, it was worth benefit this week. Me personally, I think overall my three players I'd probably go for would be Jota, 100%. Carol Starfelt at the back. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Carol Vickers at the back, a defender. And then one midfielder of your choosing until Furuhashi's back, if he is back. If he's not back, there's a case of Forrest, if he's Neil's position, a bad if he nails it. Roger O'Reilly, but that's a rotational risk. If you want to be out there, you can go for Maeda playing up front, or Jackie Marcus back. There's a, there's a lot more rotational there. You could go McGregor in the whole Kamara type stuff that you mentioned earlier on, but to me, I would be one defender, probably would be CCD, Jota, and Abada as it stands, unless things change. Who's your thoughts, Tony? Okay, so asking a Rangers fan what he thinks the best Celtic <laughs> options are, a nice one. Don't you change McCarthy. So I've kind of looked at it, I've, I've broken it down, I've got your, your certain picks, um, you're going to play every game, and, and then what I feel is ranked the best after that. So the three that I have got in my team are Vickers, Jota and Abada, but if you're looking for certainties, to me, the only four certainties is Hart, Vickers, Starfield and McGregor. Um, very close to that, I would say Jota. Um, and I would certainly look to have him. And I would certainly look to have Abada. Um, even if they're not playing, and, you know, you're probably still going to get a point. You know, these are the types of players that can come on and change a game, um, get a goal, get an assist. Um, I've said previously about even benching them, um, if you're not sure. I think looking at the fixtures, I think you get to see Celtic team news in every game. Apart from the old firm, I think you get to see mm-hmm. um, the other two games up front. So you'll get, you'll get a good um, good view there. I like Juranovic and I also like Ralston, but Taylor seems to be the, the man that's setting that um, fullback position. I also like Rogic. I've had him in the team before. Um, before he went on international duty and Mieda um, out of the striking options. I just think he's got the shirt at the moment. I think Giacomacus was unlucky, scores a hat-trick, gets injured and can't get back in the team. After that, you're really then taking a punt on O'Reilly, who I know you've, you've got Peter Hatati, who had a good old firm but hasn't really done anything since. Forrest, who's again hit or miss, and then Giacomacus, who I've already mentioned. So the three that I am going with, and I think I will stick with our Starfelt, Jota and Abada. I take it that would change if Kyle Vickers, sorry, Vickers, Vickers that is the same as me. Would that change if Kyle comes back at the team? I think you need to give him a game. 
and because we're running out of games, it's it's difficult. Um, he fit hundred percent fit, obviously. Yeah, I when he first came into the the Celtic squad and he scored a hat trick, I just got straight on him, and and I made a lot of points there. This time, because it's a hamstring injury, he, he's probably going to be introduced quite slowly, and I don't think we've got enough games left to for him to really catch fire. But again, that can all change. You just you don't know what's around the corner. Okay, Harry, what about you? Three players, best position you would pick? Yeah, probably uh, Yota, Abada and Carter Vickers, same as you, I think. Um, when I was wildcarding all the way back in, I think it was game week 17 or 18, I went for Juranovic over Carter Vickers on the basis of the fact that I thought that he was completely nailed, that he was going to start consistently until the end of the season because that was the case up to that point after, you know, sort of Ralston had been bombed out the side. But it turns out, I think, over the piece, uh, Carter Vickers has scored more points just by nature of being in there, getting the clean sheet points, and then what one or two attacking returns in that time. Um, and then in midfield again, I just don't think you overthink it. Um, Yota and Abada have been their most productive players, most likely to start. Um, if I was to pick an outside option to do well in the season running, I mean, you see, it's hard because. You would argue that it comes from central midfield, you know, one of uh, O'Reilly, Hatate, or Rogic, but it's hard to pin down which one's going to play most consistently. Um, so yeah, Yota, Abada, Carter Vickers, and then my wild my wild card pick of Taylor. I think, yeah, he seems to be nailed at left back now and could offer some cheap, clean sheet points. Okay, Thomas, same you, same question. Uh, I, uh, if you've been listening to the pod recently, me and Harry had been having a back and forth about the Celtic defence. I was saying Carter Vickers just because he gets loads and loads of minutes. And I think since I brought Juranovic in, he's been dropped two or three times, whereas uh, Carter Vickers has played every minute. And I think he even scored recently. Um, so I think he should be, like, if you're wildcarding, like he is like a first should be one of the first names on the, the, the team sheet after Tavernier. Um I feel that again Jota uh is just too good. The only problem is again is trying to reach his astronomical price tag. And then a bad at only four point four million I think it is. My only problem with him is that he's sort of fallen off a cliff a bit. Uh he was returning very, very consistently and then I, I think it's He's not returned in his last five or six games. Um, so there's something to be said about that. I have a very, very outside pick, and it's a player who has just come back to training in David Turnbull. He, before he left, he was average, or before he got injured, he was averaging 6.9 mm-hmm. points per game. And I think he's still something like the seventh highest scoring midfielder, despite not playing in the last 12 game weeks. And his price is now all the way down at 5.4 million. And he's someone who Celtic have really relied on for the last two and a half seasons, like, or since they signed him uh, and before he got injured this season. So I like that third pull pick, but I think he falls under the same bracket as Kyle, but with the, the hamstring injury, if he gets back in, it might be steady. You have to monitor him, wait and see if he comes back in and take him out. Then the other thing is there's no many midfield options for Celtic. 
before it was just Turnbull. It was Turnbull, McGregor and Rogic. That was the three hits for up to January. Nobody else in there. But a good option, I think. A good option. Uh, one thing I would say about the whole picking, the, the special fullbacks is Angie seems to pick the team on who they're playing. And if, it's a, if it's a physical game, Ralston comes back into that team. So I, I totally put Ralston at the side thinking like, I think Harry mentioned as well, Juranovic is nailed that right back position. But he's quite a he's quite slight of, of slight, slight of character. Where if I play a team that's going to rough you up, Ralston comes back into the team because he obviously trusts Ralston. So I don't think there's any specific person nailed that right hand side. He thinks he can trust Ralston and Juranovic. Whereas Taylor, again, is the one at left back who seems to be nailed. He doesn't trust anybody else there. So unless it's Juranovic playing out of position, nails in. Just food for thought, but I think we all mentioned Cat Vickers, Jota, and Abada, maybe one other. Among so that's, that's pretty much a nil team. Yeah, I feel if you've got like two of the three, you've probably got everything you can ask for. And then maybe as someone who's a bit more punty in the run up to the season to try and be a bit more explosive, try and get some differentials up there. Yeah, I'd honestly more Riley last for I'd go for Riley Punty and over Rogic, and then Riley could that game. Played well, didn't return. Regime next week. So I'll kind of watch that again. If Rogic starts the cup game, then also Riley's behind Rogic. I think Riley is a Rogic's successor, maybe over time. Maybe not this season, maybe not start next season, but I think over time will be Rogic's successor. So it's just a matter of just maybe they kind of tweak that transfer going down the line. A special, as I said before, there's no midweek games. Everyone's just got a week, a game every Saturday. So there's not been much excuse for Broughton players, but again, just looking at it as it goes on. Yeah, right, Nick, another thing, uh, sorry, yeah, one sorry. more thing. Um, apart from whenever there's an old firm, I think we're going to be getting the Celtic lineups. Like, you're going to be able to, like, if you're wanting to change something pre match, I think we get every single Celtic lineup until the end of the season outside of the old firms, which they move day so that they can get on the TV. I'm happy with that because I'm making see because the amount of times this year I've been totally done by Angie rotating that team and I've been sitting with three players not playing and biting my fist but I'll I take that <laughs> I think I think that is very much depending on how far Celtic go in the cup but I think should they for whatever reason get knocked out in the cup uh, we'll get every single Celtic lineup before the game week well I hope that doesn't happen then <laughs> right, one more final question. It's not football. It's not fan football related. It's, it's more like a personal question. So, it's from FPL Maz who is also really big on the uh, fantasy football Scotland community. So, what was each of your goals to overall rank at start of the season, and are you meeting them? So, Donny, what was your rank goal at start of the season? Are you meeting it? Uh, I didn't really have any expectations. I was just looking at the figures for last season and I was 1,695 and I probably didn't even know if that was good or bad. I just wanted to you know, beat my friends and I don't think I even did that. Um, and it was only through doing the cup at the start of the season and doing well in the cup, well, obviously winning it, um, and seeing myself getting high in the Mega League. Uh, I've got to fourth in the Mega League at one point and then I've just dipped off. It gets really tight at this time of the season and a couple of points can um, really put you up and down. So, you know, seeing where I am now and getting a taste for it, I'd like to stay in the top 100. 
Um, if I do climb, I'd like to stay in the top 50 and then I'll, I'll keep looking forward. But um, this is I've obviously really taking it seriously this season. And as I say, you get you get a hunger for it. Um, so here's here's hoping I can break the top 50. Um, that would be a, a good achievement. Okay. Harry, see what's I think you're quite flying high. Right now, so what's your goals? What was your goal to start the season? What do you think now? Um, my goal to start the season, because the game, sure, it's fairly popular as, you know, let's say 20,000, 30,000 users. A small part of you thinks that if everything falls my way, I can win it. Like, you know, where, as opposed to, say, Fantasy Premier League, where there's over 8 million users, you sort of sign up already knowing there's basically no chance. You're, you're more likely to win the lottery than you are um, Fantasy Premier League. There's a small part of you thinks, oh, maybe this season. But I thought that I would be happy, and I'd be happy enough with uh, top 100. But I've been kicking around in the top 50 for the past couple of game weeks. So I've actually recalibrated for the top 10. If I got top 10, I'd be over the moon. Um, so yeah, well on track at the moment. Hopefully things stay that way. Bye. You're fishing for the stars, Thomas? Uh, yeah, nah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, it's uh, <laughs> that nearly 400th. I think I'm doing positionally worse than I did last season. And the... <laughs> Everything was going well before I wild carded, and since I've managed to turn it around since I wild carded, I've been doing well. But just I got screwed over for about seven or eight weeks <laughs> as a result of it because I sort of had a sort of one track mind on what I wanted. I think I was aiming for top 100, but I, I think that's slightly out of reach. So I've had to sort of recalibrate to top 200, which I wouldn't mind. I'm not going to be over the moon about it, but I still think top 200 is decent. Okay. Uh, last year I was 1.6k, Donnie, pretty much something like yourself, so I was myself this year. Okay. 33 people played last year. If I could go top 1,000, that's not bad. But then as your game goes on, I was pretty much in the top 200 fairly doors. I climbed to the high, I think it was 19th. I got to 19th. I think I'd given an for weeks, weeks and end. 19th. Everything I was doing, transfer wise and captain wise, just worked out for me. Also, it's dropped down to 173 right now. But I think I aim for top 100. Top 50 might, might be a stretch because I'm looking at teams. I'm looking, I'm going, for me to get there in these next seven, eight weeks, people need, they're all similar teams, they're quite temporary. Yeah. So I think that's a stretch. If I can get top 100, the 1.6k last year, top 100 this year, I, I think I'd be pretty happy about that and maybe take it on next year and try to do it better again. Uh, I think that's, that's about it. Right. Now, the game week's early, early away, so I'm not, it's, it's nothing set in stone. But what would be your transfers, captains, face captains, thinking next week, Harry? Or next game week, sorry. I just, yeah, I was looking at the fixtures uh, just there. Um, I have three Celtic players at home to Ross County. I've got three Rangers players away to Dundee. I've got uh, Motherwell playing versus St. Motherwell player versus St. Johnson. Two Hearts players at home to Livingston. A St. Mirren defender at home to Dundee United, a team that are struggling going forward at the moment. I think it serves me best to roll a transfer, meaning mm-hmm. I can take two old firm players out um, in game 32, um, as well as targeting a couple of, you know, for example, Aberdeen have you know Dundee away in Ross County at home. I'm tempted to take a punt on them for you know, just an attacker for two game weeks. Um, so I think the plan initially is to roll the transfer. Um, and then when it comes to captaincy and vice-captaincy, uh, it's it's hard to say. Do we, anyone know what team we get uh, team news from at the moment? 
I think Thomas is right saying it's every game apart from the Rangers game. The next game week. Okay. Yeah. So we get we we should get Celtic team news. It's hard to say. I think probably it'll be captain so Morelos and Yota, captain and vice captain, but I haven't really decided which way around yet. Thomas, you question yourself? Yeah, I just feel that targeting the Ross County defence and the Dundee defence is probably just the smartest thing to do. So probably a captain Tav or Captain Morelos and a vice captain on someone like Jota. I am tempted to sort of bring in a second Hibs defender to target that Aberdeen offence, which has been kind of woeful. And as you've been saying, that uh, Hibs have kept three or four clean sheets on the bounce. So although I've already got Doig in, I could see myself move someone like Shaughnessy, who I've just brought in for this double game week to hope he does something for someone like Porteous that I know is just going to start in that game week. That would be my transfer for that. And then, yeah, I just can't look past Morelos and uh, Jota. Tony? I've only really got Ronan that I would want to get rid of. I mean, even if he does perform um, against Dundee, I'll probably still take him out. So I might go Mackay. Um, might take some of our own advice and, and take him in. Um the old farm doesn't really bother me. I, I always see that as an anything goes game. Um, mm. So I'm quite happy to go in with three and three. Um, you can get defenders that score, um, surprise clean sheets. It's it's. I always like it from a fantasy point of view. So that won't really put me off. I don't see any benefit in um, transferring to them, bring them back. So I'll probably leave them. So yeah, I think midfield's probably the only the only weak bit that I've got. So I might just go Ronan. Uh, to Mackay that would be quite a good one uh, captain, vice captain I'll probably go Tav Morelos or Tav Jota again I'll see how things pan out after the European games the cup games and just see where we are with team news yep. I don't know how much you're all kind of spot on that. I agree with you Donny but I think the old thing you'll just keep the players in as you say this is the case of it's one game week I'm not wasting transfers six three versus three I might bench one defender just in case and uh, I'll play it as it is. Uh, I've got Grieve up front and Ramirez up front. That's probably the burning issue, I think, striker-wise, transfer-wise. But I think I can maybe maybe last one more week and go for the roll it for the week after. Maybe make a mini wildcard, I think. But I think I'm quite happy with the team that stands. Hopefully this is a green announcement this week and we'll go on. So, guys, before I finish up, if you get anything else you want to add before I start doing outros and stuff like that, Donnie. Uh, um, can I quickly point out Fort Worth? I mean, this is just sort of a bit of advice for the old firm. If you say got two Rangers and one Celtic defender, keep having your team. And then if one of the old firm teams keep a clean sheet and you have a bench player, one of the one of the players that keeps a clean sheet will come off for six points. Yep. As long as you get the bench trick, obviously on board. That that, one. I mean, uh, that's the Bench trick dependent. Aye, but see that? See, that bench trick, see on that? It's quite surprising people in the top 10, 20 don't do the bench trick. So they're this, they're this very good manager because I've checked through teams and they don't get bench tricks. I'm like, oh, these guys are just good to, good to this game. This could be guest of the week. Harry, any add to this? Harry? Um, but before we round off, yes. Um, yeah, just thanks very much for having us on. It's been good crack. I'm um, looking forward to doing it again in the near future, hopefully. Um, I don't know when there's next to break, but maybe, I don't know, a season in review podcast. Maybe try and get 
that lot, the hoofball pod involved as well. <laughs> had some they, absolute they carnage. Um, is, that, is that your enemies? What enemies? <laughs> I know your pals. Are they your pals? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, That's not your target. Then, you just finish above Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, other than that, um, uh, shameless plug. Follow us on Twitter at I'm, SF I'm, Fancy. I'm Bob. getting to the plugs. I'll let you do it again another time. It's probably the one I'm getting. There, I'm getting there. So uh, oh, okay. again, I'll, I'll push the half hour Fantasy Podcast Cup. If you've entered yet, it's your last chance because once the game week starts next week, I am closing it up and I'm doing the draw. It'll be a random draw online randomizer, and then you'll know who you've got. Uh, Donny, plugs? Uh, so, yeah, just uh, DonnyRob77 on Twitter. Um, just to add to that, I'm happy to be part of the team, really enjoying um, what what we do every week, and I hope everyone else feels the same way. Harry and Thomas, thanks for joining us. If you don't check out the Scottish Fantasy Football Podcast, check it out. They offer excellence every week. Get a detail. A lot more XG than we do. I like using the stuff for XG. I use it alone. Plus, you may have known I've stole some of your stuff. XG, this, XG, that. I like I do follow it. So I'll let you plug your own podcast and your own Twitter account. Start with you, Harry. Yeah, so uh, at SFFantasy.com, uh, Scottish Fantasy Football Community podcast, uh, available on all major podcast platforms as far as I'm aware. Um, keep an eye on our timeline as well we do put the XG tables up at the close of the game week so we'll be waiting for the Dundee and St. Mary's fixtures to play out before we do that and uh, I think that's about it to be honest um, Before we go I think we should also quickly shout out the guy that um, provides the data at XG underscore, underscore data uh, I think he's literally just a guy on his own who puts it into his own computer so uh, again cheers to him Excellent Okay, guys, thanks for joining us, Tony. Thanks again for part of the team. It's Hammy's on, and thanks for listening and downloading, and we'll see you in loads. Everybody say goodbye at the same time. Bye. Bye. for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.